My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here. Have a super exciting interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on on here today is Samara Andrews. She's the founder and CEO of FYE Finance. She also has an she is an MBA finance graduate, business accountant, and recent corporate America escapee. Woohoo! <laughs> With over 17 years of accounting and finance experience, she has had the privilege of working for Fortune 100 companies as an accountant and financial analyst as well. She's the host of Flip It with Samara. So thanks for coming on today, Samara. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. Oh my gosh, it's a pleasure. So you know what? Let's just go ahead and dive right in. I bet you have a very powerful story, you know, leaving corporate and, you know, becoming so successful um, today. Like, tell us a little bit of that journey. How did you get to where you are? Because I think it's powerful. Yeah, so um, it's funny um, to say like it's it's been a journey, more like a roller coaster. It seems like at times. Um, actually, my introduction to entrepreneurship started when I was really really early, and I actually do a video um, talking about how I was introduced to being an entrepreneur through my dad. Um, so my dad was an entrepreneur, and he actually did taxes on the side as a part of his entrepreneurial journey. And we used to bring me along <laughs> to clients when I was like 11 years old, had no idea what he was doing. All I know is that, you know, I got free food and some ice cream afterwards. And so <laughs> that being said, um, you know, I was like, oh, this is fun. This is something I could possibly do one day. Right. Um, but then I really um, got passionate about accounting and I worked for some amazing firms in my career. Um, and like I mentioned in my bio, right? So firms like Caterpillar, Lizotica, and these are firms that are industry leaders, right? So being in that environment, I got to learn a lot. And what I wanted to make sure that I did while I was in my um, career in corporate America was to move around, right? Like I didn't want to get pigeonholed because I knew in the back of my mind that that entrepreneurial spirit was there. And that the more information that I was able to obtain and gain, the better I can serve my clients in the future. So I started in accounting and I did stuff like accounts receivable, accounts payable, worked my way up to a general ledger accountant, and then a senior staff accountant. And then I said, you know what? Okay, now I understand the basics of accounting. Now I want to understand what a CFO does, how a CFO can use the finance financials in order to help their clients save, right? So I started transition into the finance arena. So when I went back to get my MBA, I did it with a focus in finance because I knew that's where I wanted my career to go. And I knew eventually the skill set and the knowledge that I was learning, I would be able to apply those to my clients. Incredible. I love it. So you were introduced to entrepreneurship at a young age, clearly. Yes. And it, it's in your genes, <laughs> you know? Yes. So I love it. 
So Samara, tell us a bit about, you know, where you're at today exactly. If you want to dive in deeper, tell us a little bit more about your, your services and how you go about delivering them. Yeah, so um, today, you know, we are 100% in the game. I have all the skin in the game now. I started out um, as a part-time entrepreneur, right? Still working my nine to five while I was growing my business. Um, But now I'm 100% dedicated to the success of Five Finance. And what we like to do is we want to let people know that tax planning is for everyone, no matter what stage of life you are in and no matter where your economic status is, um, no matter what your income looks like. And so we want to educate first and foremost, um, which is what I do through a lot of the um, free information that I offer. And then when um, clients choose to partner with me, we actually do a deep dive in like what I call a tax audit so that I can see um, where we have some areas of opportunity um, to start implementing those tax planning strategies. Um, and we meet with our clients every quarter. Our clients love us. It's like when you become a, when you join um, the five finance family, like that's how we call it. We call it a family. Um, so when we onboard clients, we always say welcome to the five family um, because we want you to know that we're in this partnership with you. Um, your success means that we're being successful. And so to that end, we're all about educating all about implementing strategies that are going to be most profitable to our clients. Incredible. I love it. Now, tell me a little bit about, you know, how, um, how the 1% plan. I know mm. we I also kind of spoke briefly on it before the interview as the higher income doesn't mean higher taxes. Do you want to just touch on that, dive into that and let us know what you mean by that? Because I think you have a lot of value to add. Yeah, absolutely. And I did like a whole, um, we had like an online kind of seminar that I talked about this for like 45 minutes, but I'm gonna keep it short and sweet (laughs) because I'm passionate about tax planning. So I love to talk about it. So when I talk about like how the 1% plan, right, when you look at some of the statistics that I've read, um, believe it or not, like about 10% of taxpayers actually plan for the tax season. Um, For the most part, when people um, say that they're planning for the tax season, um, all they're doing is investing in things like maybe they'll have a retirement fund, right? Maybe base case scenario, they have an HSA account. Um, But there are so many other opportunities out there in order to make sure that you are um, in a tax advantageous state. And so when you talk about the 1%, um, the stark difference is the forms of income that they're receiving, right? So earned income, which is the income that most of us receive, right? The average Joe receives is in the form of a W-2, or maybe you get a 1099 from somebody, um, or maybe it's just you working your business as a sole prop. And so with that being said, that is the highest taxed income, okay? And so the 1% recognize this. And so what they do is they say, okay, we have to have earned income because we got to contribute to the system, right? But what we want to do is try to reduce the amount of earned income we have and increase the amount of passive income, right? I once heard a um, person say that you should own 
little of nothing when it comes to your business, but control everything, right? And so there's a reason um, that they say that, right? So the 1%, they want that passive income. They want that shareholder income. They want dividends, okay? Um, Things that are not um, taxed as heavy as your earned income. So when I talk about tax planning strategies, Those are some of the things we look at, right? We look at how your business is structured. We look at structuring your business if needed um, in a more tax advantageous way. So those are just some of the things. Like I said, I can talk for hours (laughs) about tax planning, but at a very high level, that is the name of the game. You wanna make sure that you have increased passive income and that you are reducing that earned income. Um, When you hear stories like, I can't remember uh, his name off the top of my head, but you hear stories about CEOs who have um, salaries that are less than the janitor on the staff. There is a reason why, right? Um, And so again, they are playing the game of, hey, that earned income, we want to reduce that. And we want to make sure that we're increasing that passive income or that capital um, income. Love it. So happy we touched on that because it's important to understand, especially their listeners having a higher income and, you know, working with these high level entrepreneurs. Um, Very, very important. Yep. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the podcast. What were your intentions behind it and where are you at with it today? I'm super excited about my podcast because um, naturally, like if you know anything about people in the accounting field, like we're not naturally extroverts, right? We're introverts. We deal with numbers. Mm -hmm. That's where we are comfortable. That's what makes us happy. Um, We usually don't deal with people a lot, right? And so me transitioning into the finance arena, like when you think about people in the finance arena, you think about your CFO, you think about um, economists, they actually have to deal with people, right? Like they love to um, communicate, hold meetings. They love to be in the limelight, so to speak. So um, I actually created the podcast to kind of push me out of my comfort zone um, because I wanted to get in front of people. I love, um, you know, educating. And that was the main purpose. That's the foundation of the podcast is just to educate people on the different options that are out there as far as tax planning and to just remind people that you can tax plan no matter where you are in your financial journey. Um, that's usually how I open up the podcast with that slogan. Um, so I really want to drive it home. And so we'll have, um, sometimes I do it solo, right? Where I'm just talking um, about the benefits of tax planning um, in different areas because there's so many areas in the tax code, right? Um, and then sometimes I have guests on who also share their experiences or their success stories, um, whether it be around tax planning specifically or entrepreneurship. And then I usually tie in tax planning when they're talking about their entrepreneurship journey. Love it. And how do you think that it ties into the business at a deeper level? Yeah, so at a deeper level, um, what I found is that people want to feel security, right? Especially when you're dealing with finances. And so it allows my clients to 
go out there and bet me kind of right like if you are on the fence of hey I really don't know if this is the right move um, move for me right now I encourage clients to go out there listen to some of my podcasts I encourage them to gut check me right um do your own research um as, as much as possible right I want you to always be informed so the podcast also serves as a way for my clients to kind of educate themselves and see like what the possibilities are for them should they choose to join in a partnership with fire finance um, as it pertains to tax planning um so that was the whole purpose, right? I have a, a Facebook group too. We call it um, Small Business Millionaires because if you properly tax plan, you can absolutely create wealth that you can pass down through generations, right? And so that is the whole goal. Again, it's like educating, empowering people um, so that they can go out and achieve some of these goals that they have. I love it. Now, you you mentioned something there, you know, wealthy people become wealthy by did you, almost maybe something along the lines as wealthy people become wealthy by tax planning, not yeah. after. Do you want to dive yeah. into that? I think that's a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So my slogan, right. Or the thing that I say all the time is the wealthy don't start tax planning once they become wealthy, but rather use tax planning as a tool to grow their wealth. And that is a true statement. Like I said, the wealthy are always looking for a way to make sure that they are set up for the most tax advantageous position when it comes to the end of the year, right? And so with doing that, um, people have to understand that when you are tax planning, it is a journey that you have to take with your accountant or your tax strategist whomever that person is that's going to help you through that process, um, there is going to have to be a lot of communication, right? Some really good open communication. Um, you should definitely be meeting with this person more than once a year. Like I said, I meet with my clients every quarter. Um, so we devise the tax plan. Um, that's our first meeting. We do an onboarding meeting so that we can discuss um, what they're trying to achieve, and then we create a high-level tax plan. And then I send them an, an extensive questionnaire, and it's really extensive, <laughs> um, so that I make sure that we cover everything. Um, and then once they fill out the questionnaire, then I can get to work and start implementing some strategies that I think would be most beneficial for them, right? And then we meet again to review the strategies, and we say, hey, this is the plan, let's execute. So oftentimes I give my clients some homework to do because some of the things I absolutely cannot do for you, right? Um, but I give you guidance on what you need to do. And so the wealthy take that same approach, right? Um, they may not know how to tax plan, but I guarantee you they're speaking with someone. Someone is on their team, on their staff that is educating them in the different areas um, that would be most um, beneficial to them um, on how they should receive income, right? Or the things that they should invest in. And so I do that same thing for my clients, um, but on a smaller scale, right? Um, so that's, that is what I mean when I say <laughs> 
the wealthy don't start tax planning once they become wealthy, but they re- they use tax planning as a tool to grow their wealth. Because the more money you can keep in your pockets and out of Uncle Sam's pockets, right? The more that you can use that money to either, you know, make more wealth, create more wealth by investing in, um, I don't know, assets, or or maybe you're investing it back into your business. Um, but the that money now is allocated to other things to help you grow more money or make more money or earn more money. Love it. This is important. I think this is so good. We haven't had a conversation on my podcast yet about this. So this is amazing. I'm loving it. Good. So tell me a little bit about your client acquisition. How is that process? How do you find these great clients? I mean, um, these people to work with that are fit for your program, for your offer. Yeah, so we do some vetting. Um, most of my clients um, to date have come from word of mouth. Um, so those are the clients that I usually don't have to vet a lot because everybody that has already partnered with us, they already have the lay of the land on how um, things are going to go and what my expectations are. Um, yeah. What I usually do in my consultation email is like, there's a series of questions that you absolutely have to answer um, and you can be disqualified, right? If I don't feel like you are a good fit. So before we even jump on the phone, if you answer a question um, that would disqualify you, then you'll get an email saying, hey, don't think you're a good fit right now but you can definitely check out our podcast or check out our YouTube channel, right? For more information. Um, But we wanna make sure that we're connecting with people um, who are going to like use this as a advantage, right? Because it only works if you work the system, okay? And so what I don't wanna do is have somebody in the system who is not willing to put in the work, especially because we have devised this plan um, around, Around, the, around them, right? And so we put in a lot of work and a lot of effort to create these tailored tax plans. So we gotta make sure that we're connecting with people who are going to take advantage of this and like hit the ground running. Yeah, I get that. You need the people that are, their clock is at 12 and they're ready to go and they're serious. That's, That's right. Okay. That's right. Aligning yeah, with what com- you're looking for. Right. And and it's a commitment, right? It's an investment, right? Yeah. And so I usually tell um, a part of that vetting process, um, we, we ask the question um, about, you know, the investment that you are willing to make, um, because it definitely is, um, I, I always tell my clients, like, don't look at this as an expense, because the return on your investment, like you will see it in the first year, if you listen to what I say. Um, so that's the way we approach it, right? Is that, you know, this is an investment that you have to make if you want to continue to keep most of your hard-earned income. Love it. I love it. And yes, I get it. I don't know if you've seen our application again into the podcast and what we do, 80% get declined because we need people that are serious and, you know, right. uh, so I understand. I think it's very, it's vital to have that in place so you're not just taking on anyone wasting you know your time's valuable and so is theirs so if they're not ready to hit the ground running then I think for any entrepreneur business owner it's important to really be firm with that right so in order to grow and work with um your dream clients customers you know absolutely incredible 
So tell me a little bit about the podcast and how you monetize it, or do you monetize it? I'm not sure if you do or not, actually. So I haven't been able to monetize my podcasts um, yet, um, but I'm definitely trying to work towards that goal. Um, so if you have some mm-hmm. tips, let me know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely um, am looking at doing that. There are just some other areas in the business that I really focus on. Um, again, the mm-hmm. podcast was created more so from like an educational purpose, right? Um, and then positioning myself as that subject matter expert in my field, um, that guide for my clients. Yeah. Um, that was the purpose of it. Um, so I focus my time on other areas of the business because I'm still working in the business too, right? Because right. I am the tech right. strategist. Um, we do have a small team, but there are some things that I'm just not willing to let go yet. Um <laughs> Until I find that right fit, um, just like, you know, I do with my clients. Um, So I have to interview and make sure that you're also going to be a good fit to the company um, uh, when you're joining the five finance team. Um, So, yeah. So so right now I haven't been able to monetize my podcast, but that is something that I definitely can pivot and focus on in the future um, once, you know, I get everything else um, in the right place. Hey, and I just want to say you're not alone there at all. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people don't monetize and a lot of people um, are just like yourself and say, you know, they're not ready to give up, hand over some stuff off the plate to another person right. or they haven't found the fit for the person to take on, you know, that additional work. So I get it. What is your biggest focus right now and for the next mm, 2023, I would say? Any big desire or focus within the podcast, but and as well within the business? Yeah. So um, we actually used to do like flip it with Samara every Tuesday and we took a break. We always take a break at the end of the year because this is when we strategize as to like, what is the new season going to look like? Right. Um, Who do I want to talk to um, for next season? And when I say who do I want to talk to, not guests that I have on, but more so like who is that client that I'm speaking to? So every year we try to focus on like, I just need to talk to one person. And so we design all of our content, our podcasts around that one person. And so that's who we speak to for the year. So we strategize, um, and and when I say we, my small team, right, we strategize on what that is going to look like um, for 2023. So we're still working on the 2023 um, podcast, definitely going to be some visual changes as well, because again, we use what we do, like I'm all about repurposing, right? So when I do a podcast, I'm actually taking that audio from my YouTube. So I do a YouTube, um, I have a YouTube channel. So all of my podcasts are recorded live. And then what we do is we just strip the audio and we put it on the podcast um, that following Thursday. So um, there's going to be some changes even around like how the YouTube channel is presented. Um, so yeah, so we're we're in strategy mode right now. Um, and that probably would be well into the the end of this year um because in the new year it's gonna be tax season right so tax season uh-huh. kicks off yeah tax season kicks off around the 15th of february right is when the irs opens up the floodgates 
And so when that happens, like I'm inundated with, um, you know, tax preps for individuals, businesses, um, whatnot. So I usually take another break where I'm like, ah, I can't focus on anything right now. I just got to make sure that I'm doing the best um, or giving the best for my tax clients right now. So, so we'll see, you know, um, but we're going to definitely start it up um, in the new year. Uh, we're just like trying to nail out uh, when exactly that's going to be a good time for me. <laughs> and when it'll come. Yeah, yeah, it'll come. Yeah. Love it. Well, Samara, it's incredible to have you on today. I think you have added so much value, especially for, uh, you know, my audience, especially, um, you know, talking about you taxes and wealth and all that kind of stuff. So this is exactly what I'm looking for, especially we haven't covered any of this yet on my podcast show. So really happy about that. Um, I appreciate you taking the time of your day. And you know, if anyone's looking to connect with you and your incredible services, what would be the best way to connect? Yeah, so the best way to do that is to um, visit our website. So it's www.fyefinance, so it's fivefinance.com. Um, there is a link where you can book a free consultation. Um, we have a lot of questions that you have to fill out to see if you would be a good fit, but that is going to be the best way for you to connect with us so that we can see if we can have a mutual um, beneficial relationship. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Samara, for coming on today. What a pleasure. Yes, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Britt. Absolutely. Group, if you're listening and enjoy, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on, just like our Samara did today, Samara Andrews, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well to share your journey, talk about your business, talk about the podcast, and take it from there. Thanks, guys. Catch on the next one. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.